A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support Talk because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So do us all a favor and subscribe, please. And thank you. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, our loyal and wonderful audience. Mm. How the dickens are you, Oliver Davis? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Sorry, everyone, that we couldn't do a pod- a proper podcast intro and outro on Monday after the Rumble because uh, there was just so much wrestling. Well, that and as I explained, you you're such a busy businessman. Mm. You have like you had business stuff to attend to. You were like that scene in A Muppet's Christmas Carol with uh, Sam the Legal Eagle, who is just, you will love business. And you had to go off and love business. You know, I wish I was like that, but I'm more like the the unicorn character in the Lego movie. Unikitty. Unikitty, when she's in the boardroom (laughs) trying to do a a presentation. Business, business, business. Business, business, business. (laughs) You know, just saying words I have no... Well, this, this was, you know, it's January. So that means the tax man's coming and knocking. Hey, it's the tax man. Uh, which is always fun. So that's what I've been busy with. But, and, and, because it was the Rumble, because we launched the website, because apparently we have to declare stuff to the government, uh, we won't have time to get the wrestle ramble extra podcast up this week oh yeah we forgot to mention that in the actual episode didn't we but we will do it next week so i'm you know i'm gonna we're gonna record it monday tuesday next week i'm how very you, sorry about how you've been getting on with watching the show you know i haven't <laughs> watched it yet i keep trying to but it's more it's always like mm, write an article for the website do all these other million things write your article for the magazine and then my lady friends like can you can you spend time with me i'm like I have to watch New Japan before I even think about spending time with you. So, uh, yeah, priorities. Yeah, so unfortunately, those who are like really enjoying the uh, the the people who are sick of hearing the podcast, uh, the Patreon podcast advert, and are looking forward to hearing <laughs> the next one, you are going to have to hear it for the next couple of episodes where we yeah. still plug the fact that it's going to be Russell Kingdom Ten. All the people who you know, because we got a lot of Patreons this this month because people want to help us get to that goal where we get live you know proper internet here and we can hopefully do live episodes and live reactions and now they're not going to get anything <laughs> but we st- don't worry you're not missing out we will do 
this month and next month. Oh yeah, absolutely. It'll just yeah. both happen in in next in, month. They'll both be in February. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I might even send a message out. Oh, I need to get the new login for the Patreon thing so I can actually send messages to people. Cool. As an FYI, just uh, something else to put on your little to do list. On my to do list. Yeah. Yeah. What I what I love doing is creating a bottleneck in, <laughs> in everything <laughs> that has to go through me. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank. Great thankfully, structure. we've got a, a great show for you here on uh, today's episode of Wrestle Ramble, mm. where we're reviewing this week's Raw and SmackDown as you described in the episode both feeling like almost reset mm. episodes we're coming off the Royal Rumble a very good Royal Rumble and an excellent NXT show we had a very decent episode of actually a very good episode of Raw and a quite good episode of Smackdown as well so there's lots of positivity in today's episode although negative Nelly over here still has a couple of things to piss and moan about well you know that's what we're here for we've got a you we we gonna call stuff as we see it. Well, this is what I would always argue as well. Yeah. Although I did get someone, uh, someone messaged me on Twitter to say that they were going to unsub from mm. us because we're just we're too negative on the shows these days. Weirdly, the day after we posted two reviews, written best WWE match of the year already, and then the next one, best Royal Rumble match of all time? Question mark. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but yeah. people well, hear what they you want know. to hear sometimes. That was a bit of a um, uh, Bruce Pritchard moment. Was it? Was it? Sorry. Something to wrestle. Well, you know. Uh, so There were signs for that at, you... um, at SmackDown. Someone had a sign that said, well, you know, and one that went, huh? It's, nice. um, it's his um, Jerry Jarrett impersonation. Mm. Uh, do you have any anecdotes? I've got a, I've got a corker of an anecdote, but I'm going to in true teasing main event fashion save it for the outro well that's fine I mean the only I had to go see the dietitian yesterday <laughs> so guess where my uh, so I went to the my, my local hospital mm. do you know where the dietitian was set up Next to the cafe. No, it was not. It was set up in a completely different area of said hospital, so I had to do quite a lot of walking. Mm. Managed to get lost twice. But I found it. It was in the elderly care hospital. Oh. So they, the receptionist told me, like, don't take it personally. That's just where the dietitian is, because here I am at the ripe <laughs> old age of 32, and uh, I'm, I had to go off there. I was the youngest person by, I would say, conservatively 40 years. Possibly even... Actually, no, no, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, 50 years. Well, that's good. You're getting ahead of yourself. You're thinking about these things early. Yes, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. So I had to go and speak to the dietitian. The dietitian who would, you know, is used to speaking to people in their eighties, speaking to me. In... What, was it quite loud? Did they yell? You know, because are you doing okay over there? <laughs> no, I think she. Oh, well, the, to the other old no, people around you, me. No, no, to me. They, yeah, no, they they could see that I was, you know, a spring chicken compared to the other people I was sitting in the waiting mm. room with. But everyone was just falling asleep. Um, just like just being old people, really. It was quite sweet, really. Oh. But um, yes, yeah, so that, that's. I wish they were knitting, but that's pretty much about it, to be honest. Like I've my life's. I'm. I finished my quest, which I, I talked yeah. about in the last episode. So I'm, I'm starting my next quest next week. So maybe I'll have some anecdotes from that. I mean, you've got to say that just in case there's new listeners, you've got to say Dungeons and Dragons quest. Yes. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you got to, you got to put because quest just makes it sound like you. Stop telling people that I d- physical things, which I definitely don't. <laughs> uh, do you want to do some iTunes reviews, and then we'll yes, get into our yes. show where we're actually kicking off our conversation this week about Finn Balor and what mm. is next for him following the uh, the conclusion of Monday Night Raw. But let's do some iTunes reviews. So Sarah Espy or Sarah Hespy, I don't know. You can also spell Sarah S A R A. Sarah. So, but that's Sarah, though. No, really. no, it's not. It's still Sarah. Okay. I had an ex-girlfriend with that. Who spelled that? In fact, actually, my correctly. very first. No, not my very first girlfriend. My first kiss, though. Oh. 
There's a girl named Sarah. Sarah. Is, is it her? No, her name was Sarah. Sarah Bolger. Don't say it. Well, Facebooker. I, I, I don't. She's you know, probably married by now. All of the all of the uh, the Luke. <laughs> the, the Luke group is <laughs> which there the, are which there is one my wife the Luke groupsies <laughs> they're gonna go after her I don't think people are gonna be able to find her on Facebook no doubt she's married with oh a different god, name oh my god you have just issued a challenge <laughs> good grief why are, you, why are you saying that to the internet essentially uh, oh dear my British friends, Sarah S.B. writes, or whatever. I really enjoy listening to this podcast. I feel like I am just having a conversation with friends. With the random banter, you will never look for another re- and and yeah, another wrestling podcast. That's very true, Sarah S.B. Thank you, Sarah S.B. Uh, and Gary, I just read the first line. Gary Gabrinsky writes, support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. This podcast is horrible. Just kidding. It is my favourite podcast to listen to. And I only listen to four podcasts, though. But it's the best. Hashtag Wonder Ollie. Thanks, Gary. I, su- I highly suggest you subscribe to more podcasts. Uh, let's get on with the show. Finn Balor, he main-evented this week's episode of Raw in a qualifying match to get into the Elimination Chamber. And he fought John Cena for the right to do so. Had a lot of momentum behind him. He had the club reforming or forming in recent weeks. And that spectacular... 57 minute plus performance Iron Man performance in the Royal Rumble John Cena beat him which is fine like you know John Cena's the biggest star in the company he's lost a few times recently to you know to Roman Reigns uh, he got eliminated in Survivor Series he got eliminated in the Rumble you give him his win back right but I was I just wasn't a fan of number one the momentum Bala had, why would you derail that? Why not continue it? Because he really was starting to get more and more over. And the way John Cena conducted himself during the match, where he seemed distracted by the crowd, the commentators were playing it up. Uh, he, he, It genuinely seemed like he was scowling at the crowd more than he was Bala, focused on Bala. And then he still won. And I think if you're going to do that kind of story, you tell it... So you lot, you lose because you weren't focused on your opponent. Balor was focused, so he can beat an unfocused Cena. Cena has a reason for losing. Balor wins, and you know everyone's a little bit protected. So yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the result. It's really weird as well because when they announced that they were doing this uh, qualifying matches for the Elimination Chamber, you know the first one you had was Elias and Matt Hardy. So mm. I watched that. I was like. I'm pretty sure Elias is going to win this and go through to the Elimination Chamber because they're sure as hell not pushing Matt Hardy. Sure enough, Elias won. So then when you had the main event of Cena versus Balor, I was sitting there going like, well, Elias and Cena, I think, are still feuding. Mm. So, I mean, it makes sense for Cena to win, but, I mean, you wouldn't beat Balor in this scenario, which is surely the, the, the more logical thing to do is to put Balor over Cena and then put uh, Balor into the, the, the yeah. Elimination Chamber. But no, um, when he kicked out of the AA, I was like, cool. And then when he set himself up for the Super AA, I, I, even mm. up until the moment he hit the Super AA, I was like, this can't be the finish. Yeah, yeah. And then it was. And I was just, I was kind of stunned and dumbfounded by it. Not because Cena won, but because Balor lost. Mm. And, then that, that, and it was clean as a sheet. And it was just, I was kind of like baffled a little bit by it. Mm. Um, and then... You're right as well. Like the whole thing, like Cena spent the whole match distracted. It was a really odd match. 
like a really weird match to watch. That's pretty much my only notes I took while watching this. I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. Because Cena's doesn't feel like feel like Cena is into this at all. It feels like it almost felt like he knew he was losing, so wasn't trying. Mm. But he was winning, but still wasn't trying. It was. It's the weirdest John Cena match I've ever seen, and I've never seen the crowd get to him that way. And he, it really felt like the crowd did get to him, particularly when the beach ball came out. Mm. Oh, when that beach ball came out. Zombie I, beach ball. I was furious when the beach ball came out because I hate, I hate beach balls. But who doesn't hate beach balls? John Cena, as he cut in a promo back in August after SummerSlam. Hey, you guys, you just want to have fun. Get out your beach balls. And it, so, yeah, it, it is strange. I think the real problem here is the booking of the match in that you booked a John Cena versus Finn Balor match. Mm-hmm. Just book John Cena to beat someone else. Yeah, yeah. That would right. be a way. Because, like, I don't want John Cena to lose. I don't want Finn Balor to lose. There's a way round this. You don't make the match. Well, well, here's the other way around this, or mm. the other, you know, the other avenue to look round at this. I am starting to think, and in fact, I'm almost firmly believing, Cena Taker is not happening at WrestleMania. Yeah. So this ties into what next for Finn Balor? What next for John Cena? This is this is crazy because big man Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. is very adamant that the, these are the plans. Well, Jericho recorded a video on Instagram recently where he said, I'm not factoring into WrestleMania plans. They've got Triple H versus Braun Strowman, Cena versus Undertaker. They don't need me at that show. That's, that's big matches. Mm. So even Jericho was saying that these are the matches they're going to have in WrestleMania. But you didn't do anything at Raw 25. You didn't do anything at the Royal Rumble, and now Cena's in the Elimination Chamber, still feuding with Elias. It just really feels like that this Undertaker thing isn't happening. So, the actual better option, and actually an option I'm much more behind, is Cena versus Elias, heel Finn Balor oh. at WrestleMania, because Finn's now got a, a storyline reason. Mm. He lasted fifty odd minutes, however long it was, in the Royal Rumble, and was eliminated by Cena. And then Cena cost him his spot in the Elimination Chamber. It gives Balor momentum, or gives Balor reason to turn heel along with mm. the club as his backup, to beat down John Cena, beat down John Cena, and then those two can have their big program at WrestleMania, where Cena puts over Balor in the Demon role, because as we all know, Finn Balor can't win matches, but Demon Balor can win matches, where he puts over the Demon, and then he stands tall at the end, having beaten Big Match John on the grandest stage of them all. That is some good momentum for Balor if, if that's the direction they're going however if they just do Cena Taker and Finn Balor gets nothing at Wrestlemania then this match will seem even worse I really like that idea I think that's a really nice story to tell who eliminated Balor yeah John Cena, Cena eliminated Balor in the Rumble as yeah. well yeah so I uh, I so I, I would prefer that but you know the report the current reports are from various amalgamated sources that not our sources but Wrestling Observer, PW Insider, is that it's going to be there's going to be some form of intergender tag match, Triple H and Ronda, uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey and someone. Mm-hmm. The Miz is going to defend his title against. Wait, originally, I heard Braun Strowman. That's what I heard as well. But, That's what Meltzer said. But now they're they're like, oh, if we can't get The Rock to team with Rousey, Braun Strowman makes sense in that because of his history with Triple H mm-hmm. going back to Survivor Series. So that leaves Miz who has a three-man faction without a challenger. Yeah. 
And then I'm just thinking, who else has a three-man faction? That's very true. So I, th- I could... But, you know, would that be the worst thing in the world? Having Finn Balor win the Intercontinental Championship? From The Miz? From The Miz. I, I don't think that could be the worst thing for him. But I, I definitely much better is, is the Cena win, and then he can come out of Mania heel but let's be honest if they do do that it'll be face versus face oh yeah, I, yeah. I, you don't have to do the even do have to do the heel turn but you at least have Finn Balor Balor has a storyline reason mm. to, to face Cena at Mania The Miz is a, is a good alternative um, but it will be I mean Crikey might not even make it onto the main show they might likely just go on the pre-show um, so it's it could be worse but I suppose we have to kind of see where we're coming out of this. Mm. But, uh, you know, from what we can judge on this now, I just thought it was a very odd match. And I thought Cena was very... And it's just weird. It's, I've heard a lot of people say something that I haven't heard people say for 12 years. Is Cena turning heel? Yeah, yeah, when, that came up yeah, a bit. This really feels like a heel turn for Cena. And I'm like, man, it's, it's 2006 all over mm. again. Um and I, I'm just under the impression that they're we never... should have t- called the video heel turn. <laughs> John Cena heel turn. That'll get the clicks. Um, I think we've done that one before as well. Um, but it just feels like that it's if you haven't turned Cena heel by this point, don't bother turning uh, Cena heel. I just thought it was a very odd match. And also, F those beach balls. Haha, <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man. But the rest of Raw was actually pretty rather fine. Mm. And so was SmackDown, and this continues. You know, NXT, Rumble, Raw, SmackDown. Those are a good four nights of WWE. You also very much enjoyed Mixed Match Challenge. I did. I did. You I, still haven't seen I it. I still haven't seen it yet. Oh, and we've got uh, Tyler Bates debuting on 205 Live along with Rockstar Spud. Who? Oh, sorry. Uh, was it Drake, Drake Maverick? Maverick. Yes. What a name. That is, oh, that's a great wrestler mm. name. Rubbish. Love it. But Raw kicked off with uh, Stephanie McMahon, the trailblazer of women's wrestling. Oh, what a trailblazer she is as well. Coming down and, oh, oh and Coachman. Jonathan Coachman. What an, what an incredible improvement on uh, on Booker. With the exception of a couple of calls, one of which I absolutely loved during the Sasha Banks match. Yes. High risk, high reward. <laughs> Demonstrably false, as she's really <laughs> injured off the back of that. So no fun. reward. No, there was high risk. No reward. reward. <laughs> Low reward. It was the pause after he said it, and the pause of everyone's going, "Huh?" Yeah, it was like, "I oh, yeah, he said that, that that wasn't right. That's not right at all." But uh, his yeah. first night back, yeah. I did think though he was a vast improvement on Booker T because he wasn't distracting. Mm. That's it. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people go, oh, I miss Booker T, because at least Booker T added some like passion and flavour to the, the broadcast, where there's the criticism against Coachman is that he's just another generic voice. I disagree. <laughs> like, go back and watch the old roars of, of recent months. Booker T actively detracts from the matches. He is a just a horrible not horrible but it was it was a deeply frustrating voice to listen to especially then because michael cole and Corey graves loved just bouncing on everything that he said it became infuriating to listen to because booker t then had to try and watch things that he said and if he said anything that was slightly out of place you had michael cole and booker t, uh, michael cole and Corey graves oh well, you said this you said this you said this and it's just it got so frustrating to listen to and i'm someone who really did not like the coachman when he was like do you remember when he was lead announcer of Roy it was him and Jerry Lawler 
oh, those were dark mm. days of Monday Night Raw. But, I, but it was a vast improvement. Uh, I, I've got a soft spot for Coachman. You have. I've, I've Come always, on, the Coachman. Yeah, I've always... Uh, I, there's something quite goofy about him. I would never put him in a lead play-by-play <clears throat> uh, position. But his stuff with The Rock back in the day... Just all, you know, I sort of grew up with the coachman, uh, so I, I'm, I, I enjoy him being back at least for this week. Mm. I don't know how much of that is him being back and Booker T being gone. Will I be saying the same thing in a few months uh, when he keeps saying things like high risk, high reward? <laughs> I don't know, but for this week, I enjoyed it. But anyway, let's talk about the trailblazer of women's wrestling, mm. Stephanie McMahon, as she walked to the ring. Um, and she basically was there to promote the Royal Rumble and say yes. like how great the Royal Rumble was. And Ronda Rousey had uh, debuted the night before. And there was a lot of like, but on both Raw and SmackDown, there was a lot of big push for like, hey, Ronda Rousey is here, but she's not here because she's currently filming a movie. And it's, you know, a lot it's of... a state of mind. It's really... Here is, a... <laughs> is she's now with WWE. Not physically here. Yeah. It's like when The Rock came back mm. and said, I am never leaving mentally. mentally. Physically, I do have to go because I've got a very busy schedule. But mentally, I'll always be with you. Mentally, I'm, I'm not going to disown wrestling anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be true to my roots and I'm, I'm going to be more open than I was a wrestler at one point in time. Yeah. But yeah, physically, um, yeah, no, no, not here. Not here. Not here. But she uh, brought out uh, Asuka. Oh, yeah, also in this, Stephanie... In like you know, and I I said the I think I might have said this on the Royal Rumble review. Slight bit of praise for WWE. They did not hammer home or like just overly PR and force down your throats that we are making the Women's Royal Rumble the main event mm. of of Royal. It's going to be the main event of the show. Usually, like when they did Hell in a Cell and they announced that as the as the headlining match. PR releases, uh, all this sort of stuff. Every single promo was all built around it. Now. I mentioned this on the night and some people said like I bet you the decision was made during the day and I'm like it probably was Twitter exists mm. they didn't mention it on any form of social media and WWE love to do that they love promoting things on social media so when it came to Raw I was then kind of pleasantly surprised somewhat some might say that she lit that Stephanie McMahon literally was like and we're going to have an elimination chamber next month. But for now, here's Asuka. Yeah. The WWE of last year would have been like, <laughs> or even the WWE of December when they announced the uh, Royal Rumble would have been like Stephanie McMahon coming out, all the women in the ring saying like, we're going to kickstart a new era of this revolution that I started. Mm. And it's going to be, and it was just those. Um, next month we're having an elimination chamber. People crying. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, we've done it. We've done Let's it. Just yeah. forget that we're, you know, meant to be competitive athletes against each other for a moment. But that, we've done it as women. But this time, Stephanie has made the match, and now they can be competitors, mm. either trying to get into the elimination chamber or, more likely, being handpicked to be in there. Yeah. So uh, then Asuka came out and and did a really cool Japanese oh, promo. You love this. No idea what she said. You can't script it, so she can just say whatever she wants, and it was brilliant. I mm. love it when Asuka just cuts angry Japanese promos. And then she, you know, just as like the summary at the end, you're not ready for Asuka. Beautiful. Sasha Banks, however, thinks she is. I really enjoyed Sasha Banks in this show. I think this is the best she's been. In over a year. Well maybe over a, a year. Maybe a bit yeah. more. Basically since her face turn. Mm. She's been really great. I love this more heelish side of her character. This is the boss that we really enjoyed back in NXT when she was feuding with Bailey. And she came up and she said, well, you know, I 
Uh, I was the Iron Man, Iron Lady, Iron Maiden performer the previous night in the Women's Royal Rumble. So I'm going to face you, Asuka, later on. Mm -hmm. And was it Stephanie McMahon made it? You know, you'll have a match later tonight. Yeah. So the rest of the show was built around the men's elimination chamber qualifying matches. And this, everything on Raw and SmackDown this week felt like it meant something. And if it if it didn't have stakes attached to it, there was at least some backstage angle setting it up. So, like that, it just makes the the whole show feel a lot more worthwhile of your attention. The first one was Braun Strowman versus Kane in a Last Man Standing match. Yeah, very very quick match. Um, Kane didn't even get an entrance. <laughs> no. Well, actually, speaking of entrances and mm. and that, um, do you want to give any opinions, thoughts on the new design for Raw? New uh, new stage, well, at least new graphics on the stage, new theme music. I new... haven't heard the theme music. Have you not? No. Where I watched it, it was the old theme. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. I got the new theme, which I was stunned to discover was Papa Roach. St stunned. A stunned that they're still a thing b looking at the video for it people still like them and c it sounds nothing like papa roach papa, Ro I'm papa roach cut my life my into pieces, pieces. This, this is my, my last resort well, as my uh, friends used to sing cut my pie into pieces this is my raspberry tort nice yeah. a food thing uh I, I i used to like papa roach yeah i had them on the old kerrang recharged <laughs> compilation album there that was, you would get given there was a song that they had on one of the tony hawks games that mm. i liked and R raspberry tort i thought was a fine enough song even though it's just brain stew by green day um i was like oh these are two fine songs bought the album and i was like this is awful and yeah. gave it away to a friend of mine actually i gave it away to my cousin well, I, I do like the, the graphics. Graphics, I, I think, like are great, the, yeah. The scratchy graphics and are pretty cool. And the way that they kind of, like I say, here's the matches that are coming up next. I, I kind of like the, the sliding and stuff. Mm, I really like mm. that. But, uh, do I mean, would you... These graphics aren't enough to make me let the SmackDown graphics off the hook. <laughs> Absolutely not. Which we'll come on to. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how that wasn't on Raw, really, but it was, it well, was on SmackDown no, a lot. Okay, but I will say this is a positive, and I, I said this in my SmackDown review, SmackDown having those kind of promos and those sorts of graphics separates it from Raw. They don't just feel like the same mm, show, mm. which is a good thing. They need to feel separate. They need to feel different. And I think that having a different presentation just separates it from the from the other brand rather than just feel like you're watching Raw again, but blue with different wrestlers. I, I, I hated them so much. I'm not, I saying, I liked, get behind I'm not saying I like them. I'm just saying the positive of that is the show does feel different. I would rather have six Booker T's on commentary. <laughs> Booker A, Booker B, Booker C. Well, we'll come on to that. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, Braun... they, they had a very quick match where Kane didn't even get the entrance. And they brawled to uh, the, the announcer's area. And Braun didn't just tip the announcer's desk over onto Kane thus trapping him underneath and unable to stand up for the 10 count, he tipped the entire platform over, which I thought was one of the more inventive cool brawn spots. I really because, liked it, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a big vehicle yeah, for yeah. a change. But it just, uh, it didn't seem to get, I mean, they certainly paid a lot of attention. WWE couldn't have done anything more to get that spot over. But I felt like the crowd didn't react to it as much. Well, I think the crowd are almost becoming a bit numb to mm. Strowman destroying things because he does it so often. It was literally two weeks ago, or it might have been three weeks ago, we saw him tip over a truck, you know, and then a week before that we saw him pull down a lighting rig. If you do this week after week, it always just feels like 
weak imitations. Mm. And it's funny, I was actually, I was listening to an episode of um, Something to Wrestle, an old episode of Something to Wrestle, when they were talking about the New Age Outlaws and talking about the New Age Outlaws with DX. And they mentioned that the DX did a skit where they impersonated the corporation and they had Road Dogg as Shane McMahon and Billy mm. Gunn as Vince McMahon and Triple H doing his croc thing again and uh, China as uh, the big boss man. And Conrad says, like, you know, is do you, why do you think no one talks about this? Because no one talks about that. Mm. Everyone talks about the Nation of Domination one they did and how, I mean, it's dreadful to go back and watch it now because it's been quite poor taste. But, like, it's that's something that people fondly remember. But no one talks about this one. And Bruce Pritchard says, like, it's never as good the second time round. Mm. And I feel that's with Braun. It's every time he destroys something, you're like, mm, is that as good as him tipping over a truck? Is that as good as him it's tipping over an ambulance? It's always gone back to the ambulance. Exactly. Yeah. And you do this every single week, and it just starts to lose its flavour a little bit. Mm. Having said that, I thought this was actually quite cool. It was a cool visual, and you know, it, it the monster cane was taken down, although apparently he was like fine during the break. He was taken to a local no. medical facility, but they said he was talking. No, no, but he crawled out. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah, he crawled out of the uh, the local medical facility. Oh. Michael Cole gave an update later on. Did he really? I yeah, must yeah. He, was, he literally crawled out of the medical facility. Yeah, that's what they said on commentary. <laughs> okay. He like fought off the doctors. Oh, right. I was going to say, when you say crawled out, I thought like on his hands and knees. Yeah, I, that's the visual I got in my head. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, fair enough. But this created Good a really nice. This created a really nice backdrop to the the rest of Raw, which was this big bit of cha- uh, chaos in in the entrance ramp, and the uh, the sort of ring crew haphazardly making a new table at ringside, which yeah. is really really close to the actual ring. Yeah, I really uh, like that. And the announcers were sitting without a you know just on normal chairs with a tiny monitor in front of them for a while. Someone pointed out. This is a ring crew that could change the colours of ropes like that a few months ago. But they're obviously out of practice without the cruiserweight purple ropes. No cruiserweights on this show. No, actually, no, none at all. Mm. I didn't even think about that. Um, Uh, The first week after Enzo's release, of course. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually I, qu- I quite like the fact that you know you ha- it made Raw feel real, like you've got the spontaneous, the spontaneous, yeah, like mm. they hadn't planned for this, and now they have to kind of work around this during a match, no less. And also, I like how they were really putting over the fact that hey, Braun just did this. What's he going to do inside Elimination Chamber? Really, I, th- I thought that was a really going nice... to flip the Elimination <laughs> Chamber. That's gonna that's gonna kill a portion of the crowd. Yeah, or is he going to try and flip a pod? Yeah, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's not as dangerous though because they they just make everything padded. Of course, rubbish. <laughs> Want them yeah. to be hurt. Wrestler safety, rubbish. Uh, so yeah, the Strowman went backstage afterwards. He cut like Corey went up to him at the top of the ramp and said, "Braun, that's a human being." <laughs> Mate, he, he does this on a weekly basis. And Corey's delivery was good, but yeah, it was a bit. Th- that horse has already bolted. <laughs> this ship has already sailed. Human beings don't have anything to do with it. Whether a human being, an ambulance, a large piece of furniture, Braun's going to flip you. Yep, pretty much. Uh, and then Braun went backstage and Kurt just came in at 11. <laughs> so Braun's walking backstage. <laughs> Kurt jumps out of nowhere, who just like sort of resembles an angry thumb now. Yeah. like, oh, and he, he jumps in. He's just like, Braun, what are you doing? That was a human. And Braun like looks away for a bit, looks back at him. And he's like, probably thinking, okay, we're going to do this, are we? I had this last night when Brock Lesnar just clocked me in the side of the head after I went up to 11 with the knee to the face. Mm-hmm. And Braun, Les- uh, Braun Lesnar, Braun Strowman just comes back at Kurt. 
at 12. Pretty much. He and yells at him. Yelled at him. At a, at a, at a steady 12 and saying, look, pointing out quite correctly. Because that's what I like about Braun. He's a smart monster. This was a last man standing match. Yep. What the hell did you expect, Kurt? Fair play if this was a normal rules match and I went crazy like this. But you booked this match. Yeah. I am just the tool of destruction that you have enabled. I didn't say it like that. <clears throat> but I wouldn't put WWE descriptors <laughs> past it. Yeah, it was really funny because Angle was like, why did you do that? And Paul was like, you made the match. Mm. That was my And that was my reaction as well. And it's great then to see a wrestler react the same way yeah. that a fan would and all of a sudden I was like oh yeah good I'm behind you Braun liked that yeah oh sorry I say crawled clawed oh clawed the, uh, his way Kane clawed his way out of the facility so the next match is was is the facility in a well because you clawing your oh, way out yeah. just makes it sound like you're climbing up something or, or a mm. paper bag I suppose you might claw your way out of that why would you claw just cut a hole yeah exactly Yeah, a wet paper bag maybe just, yeah maybe uh, so that's where your mind went. Yes. A human-sized wet paper bag. Or a well. Or a well. Elias beat Woken Matt Hardy next. Mm-hmm. There are a few things happening here. Yeah. Because like, you said you thought Elias was going to win as soon as you saw this matchup. I had a bit of optimism in me. Because <laughs> there were two worries here. A, that Elias would win, thus foreshadowing a John Cena win, meaning Finn Balor lost, because we already knew what the main event was going to be. And two... A Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt continuation. So those things are linked. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking, God, Matt Hardy could lose if Bray Wyatt interferes and Elias goes on. So it's like the worst, worst timeline. And I thought, but maybe Woken Matt Hardy would win and Finn Balor would win and John Cena and Elias can have a singles feud outside of the Elimination Chamber. Surely that's equally possible and I actually genuinely started to believe that after a while. <coughs> and then it happened. Blep. Blep. We've got a Wyatt distraction. Well, music distraction. And then um, he ate the drift away. And then we got another laughing uh, match between Bray and Matt. And it was no good. Uh, do you know what it made me think of? Do you remember that bit in Austin Powers when they're mm. all just maniacally laughing? But then it would go on for too long. And they go, ha, 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 Hmm. That's how it, I I want those segments to end like that. It's the only way I might enjoy them. Yeah, it's there was a good bit on commentary though, uh, when Corey Graves was like, like they were talking about how Matt's this vessel and you know this this woken Matt Hardy thing is ro- running through him, he's just using just him as a smashing just smashing through there, yeah. like a, through this vessel. And he said that um, Corey Graves said Matt Hardy once told me that he's had dinner with Beethoven, and um, <laughs> and then Coachman goes. Do you even know who Beethoven is? Mm. And after a little pause, Corey Graves, just trying to think of the best response possible, can, he goes, like, yeah, he's that giant St. Bernard, isn't he? Nice. So good. Nice one, Corey. You got, you know, everyone needs a coachman to set them up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it was great. It was great. So, yes, this is this is not good. Nope. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that Elias is get Like, Elias is super over. Walk with Elias. Everyone's into it. The matches is where it falls down a bit. But, you know... I think he's got enough there to... I'm, I'm happy he's going to be in the Elimination Chamber. That's awesome as a fan of Elias. But this whole Matt Hardy-Bray Wyatt feud... <sighs> I'm glad you're finally on my side with this. Well, I always was, though. Like, I, the, the character, the concept is... Both of them is great, but the execution is 
is absolutely abysmal. I think it was um, uh, Tom Cushney posted up on Twitter that made me laugh, which is like, if you want to ruin a feud in WWE, just put Bray Wyatt in there mm. because he just sucks the life out of everything. And James Dixon, writer of the WrestleTalk magazine and the WrestleTalk website, WrestleTalk.com, which you should visit all the time on the minute every minute because we need those page views, <laughs> is uh, he said, dear WWE, um, the, the thing that us fans liked about the broken Matt Hardy character in TNA wasn't the laughing. There were other bits as well. Isn't this what I said a few weeks ago? Where I was like, well, well, no, not not in the sense of it's like better when James. Says what, it. I wasn't saying that in the sense of oh, I said this. Look how smart I am mm. because James is much smarter than I, and and he said the same thing that I said. My point was like because I didn't understand the Matt Hardy character, and I said, isn't what people liked about him the the compound stuff and all of that that nonsense? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the laughing. So yes. Yeah. So it's good well, I think know. I agreed. Yeah. Yeah. You did. Next up was The Miz and Roman Reigns having a bit of a corker. I really enjoyed the, the hell out of this match. As per usual, they had a good match. Yeah, and that's saying something because when it, you know, this wasn't pre-announced, but when it was announced earlier in the show, I was like, oh, God, we're getting, I forgot about the automatic rematch clause. Uh, Your favourite gimmick. Yeah, so we need to have this match, you know, when really you could have just had that match last week and had it be done with. But, they still managed to surprise me and make me invested despite just having a match seven days before and a very similar match but they just you know this time they worked over each other's legs there was a great near fall off of uh miz is trying to open the turn the second turnbuckle which is how the last match finished mm -hmm. uh, but the referee stops him miz runs round and does a skull crushing finale to roman that was a great near great fall. Great near fall. Uh, and then, but then the Miz Taraj were the difference maker in the end. I thought this was better than any non-Rumble match the yeah, previous night. I can go with that. Mm. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got not much more to say on it. It was, just, uh, it was another good Miz-Roman Reigns match. Yeah. Hopefully that's the end of it, though. Yes. Like, yeah. Let's, as good as it was, let's, let's leave it on a high. Let's move them on to other things. The Revival beating Rhino and Heath Slater yep. in Philadelphia. I've, I haven't actually written any notes here other than mm. Revival win. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It was a, it was a short match. Mm -hmm. uh, Revival are getting... They're, they're obvious, Triple H obviously loves them, but... Tell that to last week. Well, I think... <laughs> I think they did that because they genuinely thought this will help the revival. Of course, they got the rub by being in the ring with DX and Scott Hall. God, how into a certain way of thinking must you be to to like actually think that's a good idea? Like, this is such a good idea, we're going to do it because there's no negative... Con the negative consequences don't outweigh the, uh, the goodness of it. Yeah. Well, just look at. Um, I was thinking about this the other week. The, um, the the CM Punk interview that he did with Colt Cabana shortly after he left, when he was like, "I'm not in the main event of WrestleMania," and Vince said, "Like you're having a match with Triple H," because like that's that's their mindset. Mm. If you're in the ring with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, that that's that's a main event anywhere. Uh, so they cut a, is, really. they cut a promo after the match in the ring, and of course we're in Philadelphia. And the revival had a really nice line about, uh, you know, all you do is chant ECW, but you just live in the past, we're the future, which is such a good line, not just because it's some great cheap heat on your local town, it's also, you know, a hypocritical heel thing to say, because they're called the revival. Nostalgia is, you know, and they, they always talk about 80s teams. They just uh, said to Dash. No, it's Charlie. Charlie. Dash is the one on SmackDown. Sorry. Charlie. That you know, do, do you know who the Graham brothers, brothers are? are? And she was like, "No, I don't." 
and th- so they just said something in the past uh, and living in the past. So I thought I thought that was a really good that they delivered their content well and it was good content. I really like this, particularly when um, Dash Wilder said the fans are just concerned with getting yourselves over, mm. which I, I love as well because like that's, that's twice they've kind of done this now where they're talking about they're using insider terms or saying like we're professional wrestlers, we're not sports entertainers and now it's like the crowd are just trying to get themselves over which, by the way, the dunces proved later on when they used a beach ball. We won't get into a beach ball debate again. Uh, it's a lot of wrestling to sit through the poor Philadelphia crowd. It's it's a main event of John Cena versus Finn Balor. I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about good. this, right? But this is a this is the top guy in the company that has been for the last ten years versus the guy that we as a crowd apparently want to see pushed. Don't throw a beach ball during this mm. match because do you know who will get the blame for it? Won't be John Cena. Oh, I thought you were going to carry on. No, that, uh, that, that is my point. So next up was the Dudley Boys being announced for the Hall of Fame, yep. which was announced earlier in the day. And those two things together, the revival making fun of ECW and the Dudley Boys in the next segment. Yep. It's like, oh, are they, they going to come out and, oh, and squash the revival? No, I can't see that happening. No, but I, but I will say this was a great video package. Mm-hmm. Well, the always, Dudley they, Boys are so good. Yeah. yeah, and they use a lot of talking heads, which was nice. Uh, some old like DVD footage of Edge talking about their matches. Yeah, and I, they always do really great video packages for these Hall of Fame mm. things. Like the Goldberg one, I absolutely adored. But this Dudley Boys one, I, re- I really enjoyed this. It made me like actually made me quite nostalgic for the mm. Dudley Boys. Asuka versus Sasha Banks next. What a match this was! In a very very good match, corking match. But you know. <sighs> See, oh. I just went straight in with the negativity. You did, God, I? you're so negative, you. I should have just said all the good things first. Well, it's just that Michael Cole, <laughs> okay, on commentary and you know on on their YouTube channel, it's described as an instant classic. And this was a great match, but there's only so much I can have Michael Cole on commentary going. This is an amazing match. This is a historic match. This is an instant classic. Before I'm like, I just. <laughs> It's not, like it's really good. Just, and I appreciate you trying to get something over, but it doesn't sound natural, and it's making me not like it. They did the same thing with AJ Finn last year, mm. where they were like, "Oh, this is you know, it's match of the year. This is a match of the year candidate." After. I know it was afterwards, but even I think actually think after the match they said like that's a possible match mm. of the year candidate. But you're right that when you then do it during a match where you're like, "How great is this? This is an instant classic." It does make you. Yeah, almost active, especially when it comes from Michael Cole, because he has no credibility. Yeah, yeah. And like it's, it was a really great match. I really like this match. Mm. I thought the, it's the best that Asuka's been on the main roster. It's the best that Sasha Banks has been in so long. And I, I'm a big fan of Sasha since Banks. Since the Charlotte feud. Well, actually, I was going to say it's since the, uh, the the four-way, the night when she had to face Nia Jax. Was it a four-way or the... Um, Oh, oh, there was a gauntlet, gauntlet match. match. That's the one. And Sasha Banks and Nia were at the end, and they had a really long match. Yes. Really weird psychology wise, but uh, yeah, that was really good. And Banks tapped out Jax. That yeah. was a good match. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I thought Bailey got injured. They had to. Yeah, that's the one. So I think it's the best that like both of them have been on Raw mm. in some time, and they had a really wicked match. Makes you excited to then see them have a match down the line on pay per view, especially if Banks is going down this heel line. But I mean, was it as good as Banks Bailey from Takeover Brooklyn? Probably it's not. not. Canon. 
that's not canon you're right mm. but you know it probably wasn't as good as that so when you have the Michael Cole going like this is the best women's match of all time you're like mm, I don't think it is because mm. I saw a much better one a couple of years ago it's just like it's so transparent yeah the agenda in WWE now is push the women push the women which is great like that's you know something they should have been doing a decade ago or five years you know it depends when they had the talent or at least the, the the mindset should have been that yeah don't do it when Kelly Kelly was on yeah top. and uh, but but when they just keep it, it's so transparent as a corporate selling point it's yeah. like a car salesman just saying it again and again and again and after a while unless you're a chump you're going to go nah this guy's lying to me yeah it, he's coming on too strong so. I had that with um, estate agents when, uh, mm. when I used to rent uh, you'd go around and like estate agents their job is to try and sell you on the property even though you're going around you're like this this property is fine mm. but when the estate agents are going like I mean look how great this is you get this uh, this view out here look how awesome the garden is look how much space you've got here you can put all your sofas around yeah. it may, after a while I'm like I don't want to rent here anymore yeah yeah it's arena contrarians <laughs> Uh, so, but the match itself was very good. The match itself so was good. good. I had a lot of fun watching this. It was just like they were just brilliant kicks. They were mm. brilliant. I, I, I really, really enjoyed this. So it, it was a good, good opening. I just thought it was, you know, a b- pretty above average opening. But it wasn't until a crazy, crazy spot from Sasha Banks where it kind of, it's like when uh, Cesaro got his teeth busted up into his face in at SummerSlam. It's like no, it wasn't SummerSlam. It was SummerSlam. It wasn't SummerSlam. Was it not SummerSlam? Oh, we ripped the beach ball at SummerSlam, so it must have been No Mercy. I think it was No Mercy. If that was a SmackDown pay-per-view. Whatever no, it, was. it was. It was a Raw one. So, yeah, um, it's like when, when a botch like that happens, everyone's like, oh, it, it, it yeah. makes everyone a little bit like, oh, that was dangerous. Oh, it's real. Okay, I'm in now. And, yeah, so Sasha Banks is going to do a dive on the outside, a toe pay through the ropes. She goes through the second and third rope, and she doesn't even... So the spot must have been where Asuka goes to kick her to stop that from happening. And I don't really know how you make that spot work even if you're if it, if it happened properly. But what seemed to happen is Sasha gets full short of the kick. Her back foot catches on the second rope and it just makes her jackknife down and land on a sort of her arm, but mostly her head straight down into the ground it looked very painful mm. but like the crowd really did come alive after it but it you know so I suppose there's some positives to take from it yeah but it was a nasty little spill mm. but then Asuka took a spill to the outside later in the match that was safe as houses it was just like a completely controlled mm. bump but it looked really brutal when Asuka because she went to dive and Sash Banks just essentially just pulled the ropes up and Asuka flew through safe as anything but it looked brutal I, I, oh man I really enjoyed this and after that like the last uh, three four five minutes that it went it was really really good back and forth stuff lots of uh, uh, not an Ascalock but there was the bank statement into the Ascalock into yeah. the Ascalock and yeah the, the end where Asuka's just sitting there that they're both lying down for a while really selling the the fatigue of the mm-hmm. match and Banks is just looking up at the sky after a while and this single tear goes down her, her face and the camera work was superb like had that shot in the foreground and Asuka was behind her sort of smiling sort of like whew, exhausted at the same time really good stuff like this mm, apart so, from the commentary uh, yeah uh, but then John Cena cut a Smackdown promo where mm. you film yourself on a mobile phone walking down a hallway but thankfully Smackdown have changed up theirs because they've adopted Mixed Match Challenges uh, promo gimmick but he yeah, even the- said face that runs the place yep that's very Smackdowny. Very Smackdowny. <laughs> uh, and then we got the bar 
beating Titus Worldwide. Continuity? Yeah, well, this was nice. Yeah, it was because nice. Because Titus Worldwide had two victories over the bar, mainly because of Seth Rollins and Cesaro interfering. Jason Jordan. What did I say? Cesaro. Is he not on all the teams? <laughs> It was at always, SummerSlam as well. <laughs> just always feuding with himself. Yeah. Uh, that would have been a hell of a match. Cesaro, <laughs> he could probably wrestle himself. He probably, he, it's mm. him and Ric Flair, probably the only two people in the world that could. Uh, and uh, it was it was a goodish match. Uh, there were a few botches. I, I enjoyed Apollo Crews. I was going to say you say there was a few botches. There mm. was a ginormous botch in this. Mm. Like, and it was it's a shame as well because it was quite a good spot to do. Although they actually kind of did it in the AJ. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens match the night before where they did the monkey flip into it but he, they launched Apollo Crews over and he was meant to give Sheamus a Hurricane Rana um, but Shame, he I don't know what if there was miscommunication or Titus for, or um, Apollo forgot the spot but essentially Apollo just fell down as if it was a power bomb. but Sheamus still did the flip dive if it was a Hurricane Rana mm. and the commentators went nuts just talking about how it was the most devastating thing they've ever seen how was Apollo because then Apollo Crews straight back up yeah to do the next spot which was clothesline um, Cesaro over the uh, over the ropes and the commentators were like oh mm, I don't even know how he's standing so that sounds like Cruz forgot to do the Hurricanrana that's what I would imagine but Seamus reacted anyway yeah uh, yeah yeah. It was, and that's, annoyingly that's the only thing I can really remember from the match because mm. as always Cruz had a pretty good showing but it's like I feel that Apollo Crews is just that wrestler that as soon as they start to give him a little bit of momentum saying like here you go to the ring now and show exactly what you can do but then he just botches that one thing like the one against Jericho when Jericho was doing a lion salt and he was meant to do a kip up and mm. avoid it but he messed the kip up and so Jericho then hit the lion salt sort of half half heartedly mm. and you can even hear Apollo Crews go sorry <laughs> uh, so and then that killed him after that so I, but this was like a fine match for what it was. Yeah. Botches aside, then we had the Ronda Rousey video package. So this was probably one of the most promoted video packages of WWE in recent history because from the start of the show they were like, and we'll have a look back at Ronda Rousey's debut at WWE. The way they were pushing this, I thought she was there. Yeah. Like I yeah. genuinely thought I was like because they were like up next Ronda Rousey and I'm like. Ronda Rousey's here. Mm. I'm I'm surprised. I thought she would go back to the film, but Rousey's here. Yeah, sure. She just stays another night. Then she can go back to Columbia to film with Mark Wahlberg. But no, it was it was just a a video package. And I guess that sort of thing would have worked back in the day when you have to pay. That not everyone would have watched the Rumble, so you get a recap of the Rumble and you can find out what happened. It was well, all over the internet. Oh, I, I was going to say, yeah, that's probably you. Mm. You're absolutely right. I was going to say because that is still technically true because there are more people yeah. that watch Raw than have the WWE Network. Definitely. In but, America alone. But you would have seen it on Twitter, on YouTube. Yeah, pretty much. It was everywhere. Yeah. So uh, Every news outlet was covering it. So, yeah, it, it is a, a bit weird. And also, like, I don't think they've, they've never hyped a video package this much in their lives. No, no. And then we got the, the final, which was the Finn Balor-John Cena match. Uh, we've already talked about it. I'll just point out one last thing, because this was one bit I really did enjoy, was there was a can't-see-me five-knuckle shuffle spot, and the crowd are just... They're not booing Cena. They're just, like, disinterested. Very disinterested. And that seemed to be what was getting to Cena most. And Cena's, like, just looking around going, like, shaking his head yeah. and shrugging his shoulders in disbelief. He does a half-hearted, you-can't-see-me, comes back... Finn Balor clocks him and then goes, "You can't see me." Yeah, and the crowd went, "Oi!" And I was like, "Ah, oh, that was that was a really nice spot." That's that's as well. You just reminded me then. That's twice we've had that from Cena 
um, in two weeks as well because when he came out for Raw 25 last week mm. he was like where's the reaction yeah and uh, he, he was very much like that at the Rumble when he was it Raw 25 was it a week before I can't remember um, yeah. I think it was Raw 25 it wasn't he, was he at Raw 25 yeah because he got attacked by Elias, Elias yeah so I don't think he was there before so it must have been must have been that one, yeah. uh, Finn Balor when he eliminated Finn Balor at the Rumble the crowd booed and Cena was like looked a little bit pissed off with the crowd and said and pointed at the sign it's Wrestlemania <laughs> but like yeah you're right that is maybe it's a character trait thing which is really weird why do this now like in this in this stage of John Cena's career why do this now maybe actually it's the most interesting time to do it mm. because he has been this baby face now for you know nigh on 14 years you know, maybe this is going to turn. This could be his Hogan Bash at the Beach moment. Are we being maybe we're just being worked. Oh my god! <laughs> the Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This episode of Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to the exclusive Wrestle Ramble Extra, where Ollie and I review classic pay-per-views from the past. This month, Patreon backers will get our review of Wrestle Kingdom 10, which featured an all-time classic between Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. And if you help us reach our next Patreon goal, we'll be able to livestream episodes of Wrestle Ramble on YouTube, as well as new perks like NXT and Ring of Honor reviews. So head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's a SmackDown review, Magal. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. SmackDown. 
can you, uh, rather than have the little ding, ding, ding in the Wrestle Ramble, can you just have SmackDown come across the screen in big letters? Yep, that's, that's where you're going to do it. So, Shinsuke Nakamura opens SmackDown. Oh, I'm excited to see Shinsuke because he won the Men's Royal Rumble the two nights before, and now he's going to say some awkward promo. I love his entrance, though. I love the music. I love the way he walks down to the ring and does that thing in the corner, and then he gets a... What was that? So, he's getting into the ring... And as he does his sort of lean back bit, the word Rockstar in giant red transparent letters, so transparent background, flash across the screen. It was... <laughs> so this is what we were talking about, about the graphics thing earlier. Hmm. Mm. Uh, man, oh, I'm telling you now, I know it's not great, but at least it separates the two. Mm. And that that is a net positive that I can take away from this. I'm looking on the bright side of it. I mean, I was more offended by the Usos one. Mm. But um, yeah, it's weird. But, you know, it's it's something different. It's like, why, why are you tinkering with something that does not need to be tinkered with? One of the things that we could all objectively agree on was Bobby Roode's entrance is awesome. Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance is awesome. Why are they trying to put that? And I thought his name was the artist. No, he's no, he's WWE's rock star. He's their resident rock star, I think, is oh, what it's called. Mate, I just dry hurled and a little bit of vomit <laughs> came up in my mouth. Look, I, I don't... I'm not... It's horrible because it's so aesthetically displeasing. <laughs> but, but I, if you if you ever want to trigger Ollie, it's putting up graphics up on screen and a Roman Reigns eliminating yeah, Seth Rollins yeah. from the Rumble at the same time. The same imagine time. that, like like when that happens, best friends. <laughs> so I I'm I'm actually a big fan of that style of graphic design, which is the big simple clean letters. Uh, and I'm not going to criticise WWE too much because I li- I like it when they try new things. Like this, see, this is a mistake. Like it is, it does not work. But I, 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 fair play, fair play. You tried it. Please don't do it again. Maybe do it next week. But then realise. But I really do. Uh, like I like. I, I'm assuming there's a really solid theory behind this, and this is to try and almost social media and gif gif your visual presentation. Hmm. It's a really interesting thing. It's interesting. Yeah, so like when, you know, because now you've got the relationship with Facebook, a lot of your videos you put on Facebook, the way Facebook works, you scroll through, and the the audio doesn't always play. So you need these these uh, these graphics to say things. It's a lot what the Mixed Match Challenge things do, where parts of the promo happen in a text form beneath, but it's like a stylized subtitle version. Mm-hmm. And same with GIFs, you know, now you can share something. Someone, someone does something cool, I can send them a GIF of Shinsuke Nakamura or a GIF, depends what side you're on, uh, doing his entrance and Rockstar flashes across the screen. It makes these little clips really shareable. So I, that's like, well done. That is really, really good thinking. But this, this version of it doesn't work. You really didn't like it. Did you? I, I don't know. Like it, it's I, again. I'm I'm on the stance of just like, hey, it's something different. But actually, mm. the way you've described it, because I didn't even consider the idea of it being a, a shareable GIF. That's what I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And but now you've said that, I'm like, that's that's exactly what it is. Mm. And I, and from that stance, that's perfectly fine uh, with me. But I mean, it didn't. I, okay. Like, right. do it, do it. But 
do it better. Bearing in mind, do it better. Bearing, do it, WWE, just do it better. Bearing in mind, WWE have had Michael Cole do commentary, lead commentary now for what feels like two decades, mm. and they've never changed that. And that has always been bad. Mm. That you know, and it's that is egregiously the worst thing in WWE is Michael Cole's commentary. Like, it's the thing that upsets me the most. It's boss time. It really angers me more than it should do. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with them just flashing up Rockstar because I can look at that and go, like, it's not as bad as Michael Cole. What if Michael Cole started doing commentary <laughs> on SmackDown? Or if Shinsuke Nakamura gets drafted to Raw yep. and every time Nakamura comes out, Rockstar! Well, then... Every time the text goes across. <laughs> then we'll come to that when we... We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. It's almost like that there is a... You're a... preempting the hate. Yeah, there is a 2K18 element to this, where you do your signature move, and then maybe a flashy graphic <laughs> would come... If they start doing this... in 2K18? I don't know. I'm ju- it happened in the old SmackDown games. Yeah, you'd, is that you'd, what I'm thinking yeah, of? Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd press your special, and it would come up with SmackDown across yeah, the screen. Yeah. yeah, So maybe that's what they're building to. Power-up moves and... <laughs> Big, big flashy graphics when it looks like someone's amping up to do their finish. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) What SmackDown needs is more like 16-bit graphics. Yeah. Uh, So this this promo was was pretty solid. Like, I don't think Nakamura's promo, in-ring live promo at least, is very good. But this was probably the best way to do it, which is just repeating a few few same words over and over again. Mm-hmm. Get the catchphrase over. So he was running through the people in the rumble that he eliminated. Knee to face. And knee to face. Pick the right names as well, because you say John Cena, boo. Knee mm. to face, hooray. Yeah. Roman Reigns, boo. Knee to face, yay. Perfect. Uh, very well done. And he said AJ Styles at Mania points to the sign. Everyone's super into that. But then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn came down. Because of course they did. Yeah, because it's SmackDown. It's yeah. an opening segment of SmackDown. Apart from last week, when yeah. no one was No, yeah. Uh, and they said, no, no you won't... No, I think the week before. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did open last week. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking the United States episode. So uh, Owens and Zayn said, you won't face AJ at WrestleMania because we're going to win. Still pushing the co-champions thing. We're going to beat AJ for the title before then. So Nakamura, Nakamura will be facing us. And they, you know, they got over their yep thing. People were doing the yep. And in this segment, I was like, Nakamura's got a pretty good thing going with knee to face. The yep movement is is good. And AJ Styles dropped Cammy to go back to face that runs the place. How, no, sorry, house that AJ Styles built. And the crowd chanted that along with him. Yeah, so it was yeah. nice to see. This was a good catchphrase opening. Yeah, I mean, I, people really are getting into um, AJ doing the uh, the house that AJ Styles built. Mm. It's a nice thing to chant along with. The yep movement, I think, works well as well because when they're doing yep, a lot of people are doing nope, which mm. I, which AJ helped last week. So that's that's also really nice as well. Mm. So uh, they uh, AJ cha- AJ and Shinsuke challenged. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to a tag team match mm. player holla holla and they went nope but then they sort of collided and backstage Sami and KO went up to Daniel Bryan he was like what do you think of that also we were cheated out of a victory Bryan says he's made a number one content well you get the tag team match later on and there's going to be a number one contenders match next week for AJ Styles' title yep between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. What a nice little ripple in their friendship. However, mm. I mean, 
we we'll, might as well talk about the, the, the big overarching storyline of this, which is them, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn kind of teasing dissension between the two. They had this really like passive-aggressive um, discussion uh, later on in mm. the show about who's going to win next week. And Sami Zayn cut quite an impassioned promo about how he's going to beat Kevin Owens next week. And they're kind of like teasing this this dissension between the two and this this possible breakup of the team, which, I mean, we had this on, <laughs> on Sunday, when we, or Monday, when we were talking about the Royal mm. Rumble. I hope this is just the, the Jericho-Owens thing where you tease the breakup, but then you never actually do it. Yeah. It's, I don't know how they can get around it. Well, actually, someone, um, I think someone sent to me on Twitter, like, a, and I thought this is a brilliant way to do it, mm. is they both just do a double down but cover each other. And so right, the referee right. has to count them both. And so it ends in a draw. So they're both the winner. That would be a really, really cool ending to SmackDown. Like, really funny, real heel heat. Yeah. Or, like, even better as well, if you just reenacted the finger poke of Doom. So you, mm. like, th- throughout the whole show, you tease that they're, like, really getting at yeah, each other, yeah, yeah. really angry. And then the main event is just they do, like, their big face-to-face thing, both poke each other in the chest, fall down, um, yeah. arm over, and then they do the big double counts. That's really, really good. But, you know, then then you, uh, then you Brian comes out and says, OK, you're both facing AJ Styles. Why not? We also include Randy Orton and this other person, and then you've got your five-way fast lane main event. Mm-hmm. That would be great. That, yeah. That's a really cool way to because now is I I really don't think the time is now to split up Owens and Zayn. I was going to say actually, can I um, alter your fantasy booking mm-hmm. ever so slightly? There, have it be Shane McMahon that comes out uh, because he's the one who's got the issue mm-hmm. with them, and say like, hey, you you know maybe even do it the week following where they say like we both won the match, and Shane was like, it's a draw, so you didn't. So we're actually going to have another new number one contenders match between Randy Orton and this other person. And then Kevin and Sami Zayn can interfere. That's when Daniel Bryan makes it yeah. the five-way. Yeah, because you've got, you've got like five, six weeks to the next pay-per-view. So you, you need to extend these things out a bit. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Bryan's allegiances here? It's re- Yeah, I mean, he flip-flops. And that's kind of mm. what I really like about the Bryan yeah, character is that he's, he's not the same each and every week. So you don't know which side of Daniel Bryan you're going to get. And that also then kind of helps... Kevin and Sammy's gimmick mm. where they always think the Brian is on their side and then he's always like going against the things that they want and I think that's a really nice dynamic to them it's enough to have everyone against everyone having a legitimate grievance with Brian but also oh he might be on my side yeah uh, there's another thing that happened in this segment oh yeah yeah so weirdly and I've watched it back and I've che- like checked it out on Reddit as well other people heard it you can hear in the background during this segment, where's Vince McMahon right now? I got words for him. Really? Mm. Where? Where? Why? Who said it? Well, the, a lot of it's a real gruff voice. And uh, so some people say it could be, where is this man right now? Mm-hmm. I've got words for him. Or it could be, where is Vince? I heard, where is Vince McMahon right now? I got words for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hear that and, at all. And uh, a lot of people are like, it's, like they think it's Devon, it could, could totally be Devon. Of course, Devon's a SmackDown producer. It sounds like Devon. Uh, some other people say Randy Orton. I didn't. I thought it was too gruff to be Randy Orton. Uh, but then a few other people said Mike Chioda, referee Mike Chioda. Yeah. But he's not a SmackDown referee, is he? I've no idea. Yeah. So it was just. It was weird. Also, just in case anyone picked you up on it, I think it's Mike Chioda. Chioda. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think this is. Uh, aside from that, because mm. I'm I'm going to go back and listen to yeah, it because that, that sounds really interesting. But um, there was also a moment when um, 
uh, one of them, I think it was when Daniel Bryan was doing his backstage promo. Or no, it was the Usos. When the Usos did their backstage promo, really you can hear someone off camera go like, that's good. No, really? <laughs> yeah, right at the end. Well, I, I assumed this would have been pre-taped, as was the Usos. So how does how did both those things slip through? I don't know. Yeah. But also, and another way of kind of separating out Raw from SmackDown... In is the, to have it, mistakes in the promo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have fluffs and guffs and things like that. But it's... Um, fluffs and guffs, that's a new T-shirt. Um, is to... I, they they changed the way they kind of do the presentation of matches. Mm. So you announced that there was going to be this United States Championship thing, and then you had a backstage skit with um, I can't remember who it was now. I, I think it might have been the Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn thing. So when you cut back, you're straight into a match. You don't yeah. have 15 minutes of entrances. You just go straight into the match. The entrances are done during the ad break or during backstage stuff. Mm. So it keeps the it keeps the program moving, separates it from Raw, which is all about entrances. Yeah, I. The, the production, you know, I, I liked the change-ups they did this week. I, sorry, I liked the mindset behind the change-ups. Not all of them worked, as already said. Yeah. So this next match was Rusev versus Zack Ryder versus Jinder Mahal versus Kofi Kingston in another match that meant something. This was for the right to face Bobby Roode for the United States Championship the following week. And, yep, yeah, no, I, mean, I mean, I've written down all four main got jobber entrances, but you, I see what you're saying. It's a... Uh, it, it it was a nice change on the presentation. Rude was on commentary. Big E's throwing pancakes at the commentary desk. This was a, a good match with good heat. Rusev was super over. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, you know, it was really good. There was some, they didn't really do a lot of near falls or anything like that, but all four guys got like a, their moment to shine. Even Zack Ryder, he was in the match. So, you know, they managed to all get to it. They did these big dives to the outside. And then the, um, the Sunil Singh tried to trip Rusev when he was doing his dive. All four, like, it, I said in my review that this kind of, this match showed just how strong the SmackDown mid card is or how strong it can be. Because you've got four men in the ring and you've got Bobby Roode on commentary. You've also got both other members of the New Day and you've got Aiden English. Later on in the night, you've got Baron Corbin and Ty Dillinger. You're like, man, SmackDown has got a really good like group of core mid-carders that you can use to build this United States division around. Ex-WWE champion Jinder Mahal. Ex-WWE champion Jinder Mahal. Wow. Which, and I really like that uh, Bobby was putting that over on commentary as well. He was talking about all four guys in the match. He said three of these guys are former United States champion and Jinder's a former WWE mm. champion. And I, I that kind of like, you know elevates the belt a little bit more. I'm really looking forward to what Bobby can do with the, the US belt and I really hope that SmackDown are going to put some some good focus on this to kind of really build and bolster this, this mid-card division they've got. Well a key to that and a potential narrative especially based on this would be because uh, Rusev won after being the most over guy in the match like I was super into Rusev it yeah. wasn't just sort of the ha ha Rusev day we like to chant it it was like no Rusev showed genuine fire he really got the crowd into him I was into him when he set up uh, Ryder and Kofi for the double accolade spot. Or as Corey called it, the stackalade. Nice. I love that. I was really excited. And when Jinder interrupted, I was like, oh, screw you, Jinder. I was looking forward to that. But he made, he made uh, Rusev, Rusev made Kofi tap yeah. in the end. So now you've got, and the crowd popped huge. Now you've got Rusev and Rude for next week, US title. Could this be a double tap? Interesting. That's what I would like to see. That's very interesting. I mm. like that a lot because you're right. It's like Rusev is he's 
over as a baby face despite the fact that he is a heel mm. he, he can't like when him and Aiden do their they did a promo later on in the show god it felt like a baby face theme because yeah. Rusev was just so brilliant with his his facial comedy and you got Aiden English kind of popping up in the background I, and they they work together so well as a baby face act but and as we've said many times in here Bobby Roode is so much better as a heel mm. so man I'd like to see that that'd be great next up we had the it was it was difficult because this was a hell of a promo, but it had the graphics again. This is not the this not that Usos promo. Oh, the, Us, the, the Usos had two yes, promos yeah, on yeah. this, so, separated by a fashion file. That's right. Yeah, they did a fashion file segment, sort of a fashion file mm. segment backstage. Social where, media lounge. It was a social media lounge. But what I like about this, well, actually, no, this this kind of threw me off at first because. I, they announced the SmackDown Top 10 on social media, I think. I think they announced mm. it on Twitter and Facebook, but I didn't see that. So I'm then watching the show, and Breeze and um, Fa- Fandango are staring at their SmackDown Top 10. And I'm like, that's very odd. Why are they creating a SmackDown Top 10? And they were numbers 1 through 9, but brilliantly, the Ascension were number 10. And it was a, <laughs> and it was a hands-drawn version of the Ascension as well, whereas there were nice printed-out photos. Yeah, yeah. Nice little touch there. <laughs> And I was like, well, that's an odd. Why would you make a top 10 list? It's a gimmick I don't understand. Maybe it's something they've done on WWE.com that mm. I don't understand. Later on, when Daniel Bryan made the announcement, I was like, ah, I put, like the fashion please. I put two and two together. Yeah. Uh, but first up, we had the Usos, the first part of the Usos promo, which, from a production standpoint, I loved. It was, at, at first, I thought, oh, they're just doing another mobile phone to the camera thing. They've got an interesting backdrop of a wire fence it looked like attitude era background with you know steam and fog Mm. everywhere like it was a mean alley (laughs) and it wasn't it was a camera on a track that tracked along with them as they kind of it looked like they were walking directly out to the arena yeah but obviously it was a pre-tape thing at the i think it had the text it did have the text come up up yeah i loved this presentation i thought it was it was really cinematic but it, it didn't make it feel fake it just made it feel like a highly produced, you know, like you get in boxing where the boxers who, who aren't the most gifted talkers, the, the production hides that. And the Usos are great talkers. So, yeah, I was a really big fan of this little bit. Even with the words flashing up? The, the Mixed Max Challenge way that they're doing I don't, it? I don't mind that. I don't mind that. It's the it's the more egregious. So let's talk about that. Then. Yeah. The Usos then came down to... Oh, well, before we do. So American Beta walked in oh, yes. on the, the, the fashion police and... You should have uh, told me to shush. <laughs> shush! It's my favourite thing in, in WWE right now. Um, and uh, American Beta walked in and they kind of like made fun of uh, the, the fashion police and the fashion police made fun of American Beta and that then set up a match for later on in the evening. Mm. And Chad Gable got to say shush. Yeah, did Chad you say, Gable did you say that? I did. Shush! Uh, I just I just want you to hit your spots. <laughs> I know you like saying shush. Got to get your S word in, brother. Uh, yeah, so then we cut to the ring and it's the Usos and they start to cut a, a good promo. So I've just seen your first note here. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, they're going to start putting live graphics over things is what I've written in my yeah. notes. So they basically start to talk about every team that they have beaten and they say like, we beat um, the uh, we beat uh, American Alpha. Yeah. We beat American Alpha, and then they would say lockdown and a graphic of like a prison cell with a lock in the center, kind of like slid across screen, and it was, I mean, diabolically bad. This was this really. <laughs> 
because I, I said this in the review as well but what I, annoyed me about this is that this was a great promo mm. they cut a hell of a promo but I was just so distracted by these weird graphics that had no place and someone actually said to me on Twitter that something I hadn't considered but is completely correct is that this highlights that everything's scripted yeah that, that was that was my second point yeah yeah it just highlights that because they have these lines that are fed to them the production truck know to press these buttons mm. to put these graphics on screen which just makes everything feel fake and phony and I really didn't like that it's the sort of thing that's like, maybe maybe what WWE's plan is I've just I've, I've nailed it I've got it I've just had a, a complete uh, mind explosion of what they're trying to do WWE are trying to actively make you hate watching Smackdown so you go watch it live because then you don't get all the graphics and stuff and you don't hear the commentary they just make you go and watch it live yeah get so you, that house attendance that's up. it that's what they're trying to do you cracked it cracked the case mate uh, I yeah so the, the Nakamura one is unpleasant to look at and detrimental to, to a great entrance but oh my god this is like infinity times worse it's it's clip art stuff it's annoying yeah it doesn't look visually nice whereas the Rockstar looks nice like it's you know it's that clean graphic but this <laughs> it, it looks like you know I made it it looks like <laughs> I, yeah, I've got like After Effects, and this was my third attempt at making something. It was it was really hokey. Yeah. The sound effect was oh, annoying. Yeah. You don't need that to punctuate. You don't need any of these graphics. Uh, I but after it finished, I was like, "Is this a rib <laughs> on whichever Uso was arrested?" <laughs> All right. No, it's just it's they're the Uso. Welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. But here back, we go. Back to positive stuff. Yes. Back to positive stuff. They said that, like, we've beaten all these teams. There's no team left for us uh, to beat. We're not saying we're the best tag team in the world, mm. but we're the best tag team in the world. The Bludgeon Brothers music hits. So here's me sitting there going, like, right, well, here we go. This is now to set up their next few. But it wasn't. This was even better. Mm-hmm. In the Bludgeon Brothers just walked down to the ring, put down their giant awesome hammers, and Rowan took off his mask and put it on the awesome hammer, and they just got in the ring ready for their match, and the Usos were on the outside, looking at them they never acknowledged the Usos because the Bludgeon Brothers don't need to mm. they're all, they already know that they're going to win so they don't need to go down and do the usual stare off and challenge or anything like that I thought this was a really nice touch and I really liked it it was really good it, it, it's a really good way to, to extend this feud out and have week to week builds uh, it's going to be pretty cool and you know those Luke Harper's very talented Eric Rowan's fine at being a big man so combine that with how good the Usos are I mean, I'm really excited to see what they can both do in the ring. Yeah, really I mean, excited. Ever, did, I mean, they must have fought as old Usos versus the Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought so at some point. <clears throat> um, so this was a quick squash match mm-hmm. against an enhancement team, one of whom being Drew Gulak's older brother. Really? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I can't remember which one. Oh, that's cool. I think yeah. it was the balding one. Probably. I think. Yeah, I think I saw Matthew of Botchamania tweet something about mm. that. But yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then we had Daniel Bryan doing his announcement of the SmackDown Top 10. So what did you get from so this? So the way that this works, as far as I can tell, is that the SmackDown roster are all going to be polled backstage about who they think their Top 10 wrestlers on SmackDown are. Okay. And then they submit that to Bryan and Shane. Bryan and Shane collect, they probably need to hire Dana Brooks to come over to crunch all the numbers. And then that will create the official SmackDown Top 10. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon can't mm. vote and wrestlers can't vote for themselves, for themselves yeah. 
and then that means that they can look and be like okay so this is what the w our locker room thinks are the people that deserve opportunities mm. and we're going to look at this list and we're going to give these people the opportunities so it's quite a nice little gimmick it's it's something that you can kind of create some storylines around perhaps like some of the wrestlers backstage being like oh if you vote for me i'll vote for you kind of create something out around that but you've also got then characters like baron corbin who's the lone wolf who no one's going to vote for because he has no friends so that's also adds a nice little ripple to it and the other side of that is that Kevin and Sammy, because they are kayfabe hated backstage, no one's going to vote for them either. So they can mm. use this as further ammunition that Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan have a bias, or Shane McMahon in particular, has a bias against them. Mm. I'm, I'm a huge fan of rankings when it's done like consistently, like because the, the old TNA rankings fell apart after a few months. Well, that's because they put it in the hands of the fans. Yeah. And the fans voted for people, like they were hard pushing Abyss. But Abyss never made it into the top ten because everyone just really liked Desmond Wolf mm. or Nigel McGuinness, as he's more commonly known. And then, do you remember when they did this? So everyone just kept voting for Desmond Wolf to be number one. So eventually, they gave Desmond Wolf the uh, championship match, and he just lost in two minutes. And it was essentially TNA going like, "Look, we gave you the match. Will you stop voting for him yeah. now? Vote for Abyss already." Uh, uh, yeah, I'd, it's it's a weird. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they proceed with this. But the presentation roars move in of the announcer's desk i don't know if you know maybe that's a permanent thing now oh no it won't be you don't think no uh it was almost like a soft reset of raw and smackdown yeah i, I think uh, that smackdown's kind of been toying with these ideas of like you know they've been doing the the video promos mm. but now they're just like adopted into the mix match challenge thing um and you know you've got raw's brand new graphics smackdown's got some brand new graphics you're absolutely right like a little, yeah. little soft reset uh, Ty Dillinger then spoke to Shane McMahon backstage afterwards, and Baron Corbin turned up, and this set up a match later on. They control C, Control V. Uh, yeah. um, there was a, a moment I did actually. There was a good line in this when um, Baron Corbin's kind of talking to Shane. He interrupted Ty Dillinger, and Ty steps in to say like, "Hey, I was talking with Shane." And Baron Corbin just goes, "Are you still here?" And Ty goes like, "I am still here." And like your money in the yeah, bank briefcase, yeah. nice little touch there. Like Got a that. bit of a all burn ooh, reaction burn. from the crowd. Nice. And then we had Charlotte come down to do an interview. Uh, Renee Young was interviewing her in the ring in her best Beetlejuice jacket, <clears throat> the black and white stripy one. She did start to do an interview, but then just stepped away to let Charlotte cut a promo, yeah. which is really weird. I mean, that's that's what you do as an interviewer in WWE: <laughs> ask a generic question, stand back. Yeah, get out the ring. Uh, so this was I, I've written down here good delivery bad content so it was just Charlotte recycling all the generic sound bites about the women's rumble and about I don't know if she spoke about Rousey she did she said broke the internet broke the internet which is like you know that was a that was a phrase from three years ago that's that's WWE's thing isn't it though you capitalise on things that are three years old but she's interrupted by the Riot Squad Ruby Riot cut a pretty decent promo with good content I thought her line about there's only one Ruby Riot, I'm unique, yada yada. Although, you know, her faction maybe maybe there's something similar on Raw. Mm. But Charlotte, she's just a cheap imitation of her father. And how did Charlotte combat this? Woo! <laughs> By being a cheap imitation. So this was good. The downside of this is the crowd just didn't buy into it because mm. the crowd don't see Ruby Riot as genuine competition for Charlotte because yeah. they've been booked pretty poorly since their debut they had a really strong debut and a really strong couple of weeks and then they just gave up on them they just made them three more lasses that are on the roster and now it's like 
if you'd have continued this kind of like strong build, Ruby could have come out and been like, now it's time that I'm going to finally face off against the champion. Mm. But she just feels like another face on the roster, which is a real shame because Ruby's great. Yeah. And it was a really good promo. But yeah, and it, I was going to on the other side of this as well, saying that then like, they, people don't see the Riot Squad as a credible threat, which isn't helped then when Charlotte beat them three on one. Mm. Well, only for a bit. Only for, well, I know, I long agree, enough. I agree with you. Yeah, and then they got back in and kind of beat down Charlotte a little bit more, which then then led to Carmella's music hitting. F a b u l o u s. Yes. <laughs> they don't do that bit anymore. It's always in my head. <laughs> uh, and my lady partner from the other room goes, "Is that Carmella's music? What's she doing?" Because <laughs> it's her favourite song. Um, but so she came down. Fun fact for you mm. uh, here, Russell Ramble. Cannot viewers. believe this. I wasn't going to bring it up. I didn't know if you were going to. Well, say it. I, well, I think it's quite funny actually. So I wrote my SmackDown review. I then went back through my notes and I was like, nope, I definitely didn't miss anything. I went and recorded it. I then sat uh, here gathering all the images together to, to send across to our editor. And then there was um, a folder on the WWE.com website that was called Carmella Attempts Cash-In. And I was like, oh, I didn't talk about the cash-in at all. And I turned to you and I was like, oh, mate, want to hear something funny? I completely forgot that uh, Carmella tried to cash-in. I even looked back through my notes and I just forgot that it happened. And I didn't put it in the review. And you said to me, I think you should go and mention yeah. it. And I was like, "Yeah, maybe you're right." I was just gonna, I was just gonna leave it as as is. But yeah, I did. I genuinely forgot this happened. Well, it was uh, sanity ran down, didn't they? Yeah, I was making the authors of pain tag. NXT oh joke. right, yeah, that was very fake. That joke. Yeah, that was the yeah, not the best. <laughs> Moving on, you've had better. So Carmella did the the cash in. I thought this was enormously exciting. I. uh uh, I, yeah, she, she ran in. The crowd were really excited. I almost forgot Carmella had the briefcase. I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to do what they did with Edge when he first mm. had it. That everyone just forgot that he had the money in the bank until he cashed it in mm. at um, New Year's Revolution 2006. The, uh, that's uh, I, I, I quite like that actually as a gimmick. But um, and it's funny as well because when I realised that I'd forgotten this and I did, I'm playing it back in my head. I was like, how did I manage to mm. forget this? Because you're right, it was actually quite an enormously exciting moment. Carmella came in, she attempted to cash in, she gave the briefcase to the ref, and it's like this is going to happen. Mm. But then the ref, like a complete dunderhead, took ages to explain. And then what's his name? The 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 announcer guy that they've got out there, Greg. Mike Rowe. Oh, Greg Hamilton. Greg Hamilton, yeah. Greg Hamilton's standing there and he's like, what? What's happening? Mm. What's she doing? I'm like, you idiot. You've seen these a hundred times. Yeah, we've been down this road Get before. On what's she doing? What's this? Mm. Do it, mate. Announce it. But then... I've got to open it. See the uh, legalities <laughs> of this contract. And Carmella's there just like shouting, hurry up. And then by this time, Charlotte had kind of recovered. Carmella went to do a drop kick. Charlotte rolled out of the way. She drop kicked the ref out of the ring and then screamed at the ref, what are you doing? Mm. which was I thought was a really nice touch then just decided that Charlotte is okay so she rolled out the ring way to put over that beat down as well she, she got out of the ring and uh, she decides to save it for another day it was good stuff I liked Carmella when Carmella ran down with the briefcase she she nudged Charlotte with her foot yes, first yeah. before she finally decided yeah I really thought it was going to happen like the referee was bending over to give the briefcase. I, yeah, this, this is, is happening. Yeah, they, they, they played it very, very well. So really good, really good. Uh, Nakamura and AJ were backstage, had quite a fun exchange where AJ was like, do you want to talk tactics? And Nakamura's cheekily saying, I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was that nice. was good. Then Baron Corbin and Ty Dillinger had a fine and short match, but I, I liked it. Something about Tide Pods. So there was a sign in the crowd that says Baron Corbin mm. eats Tide Pods, and then there was a chant 
of Baron Corbin eats Tide Pods. What are Tide Pods? Tide Pods are a, a very... So from what I understand, they are a bit of washing detergent in America. They're like these little pods. Right. And there was a very ill-advised YouTube fad a couple of weeks ago where people would eat them and film themselves like a crazy challenge. We're going to eat a Tide Pod. Uh, but of course, this was enormously bad for people's health. YouTube took all those videos down. It was a big story of, look how stupid people are these days. <sighs> so I'm, I think I think I've got that right. I probably oh, have. Sounds there. ridiculous. I wasn't really paying attention. Internet's stupid. I so I really like Corbin's uh, how Corbin carries himself at the moment. I yeah. think he's got a real good aggression in him. Just he seems like a different wrestler compared to that. Those few horrible months last year he mm -hmm. had yeah. ending in the uh, SummerSlam match. Yeah. Then Rusev and Bobby Roode had some fantastic promos, which, you know, if you want to talk GIFs, th these both were modelled around GIFs. Rusev was cutting that babyface promo to the camera, the text was coming up on screen, and Aiden English would just pop up from behind him which is such a shareable mm -hmm. little clip. And then do you want to do the Bobby Roode one? So Bobby Roode is standing in front of a calendar and he's marked next week to say, like, this is when I'm going to be facing um, uh, Rusev for the uh, championship. And he circled Rusev Day. And then he's like, it, it may be Rusev Day, but it's also going to be... And then he wrote glorious using the O that he'd... Uh, the circle from Rusev Day as the O in glorious. And then just turned to the camera, proud as punch that he had done this, which is like a... Do you see that? Yeah. That's how cool <laughs> I am. I really liked it. I liked it too. Uh the crowd as well would like like they were a bit quiet and then when it ha when he was on like the eye of glorious they just went Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I was there with them. I thought that was good. Nice little touch. Gable and Benjamin next beat Breezango. Uh, we actually had. Um, oh, did we have something? Yeah, else? Kevin oh, and Sammy sorry, the talk, KO match. Yeah. They, and this is when they had their passive aggressive um, discussion about who's going to win next week, mm. furthering that uh, that possible tease, pointing uh, out each other's failures. Recently. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then we had uh, the Fashion Police versus American Beta, which was a. It was they won in a few minutes. It was a match. Yeah, uh, but it's it's nice to give Gable and Benjamin uh, some momentum. Like, but this is a way to build them back up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really like that. Um, actually, I tell you what, I've got to know. I didn't, I didn't put this in the review. I couldn't find out a way. Uh, find a way to put this in there. You, that lad that's at every WWE show, long hair, the one with the long hair, yeah, with his mum, I think. Yeah, he's always with his old dear. So he is a, a wax statue. Like, he doesn't react to things. Mm. He's just, he's there, always in the front row, usually not in, always in the same spot, but he's always in the front row, and he's just there with his long hair and his mum, always at pay-per-views, and always at the shows that come out of those pay-per-views. Never seen him do anything. He was so animated during this match. He loved Breezango. He get him. He was absolutely, like, when they were getting near falls, he was jumping up, counting along with them. <laughs> and then, when American Beta 1 stood up, double thumbs down, Ooh. booing like no one's business. I've never seen the man jump up like that. I Most uh, WWE super fans, you know, like Brock Lesnar guy and Frank the Clown, they, they do irritate me a bit because they, you know, they really try and get themselves over. I've always liked that guy because he is just like, he's not trying to distract from anything, even though he, he couldn't be more centre <laughs> and ringside for he's every hard camp shot. He's there. Yeah. But he just, you know, he's just there, just chilling, enjoying it. I, I yeah. yeah. Good, good, good stuff. 
So the main event, AJ and Nakamura versus KO and Sammy. We've spoke about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it starts off as a normal tag match with KO did you, uh, quite brilliantly yelling at Nakamura. Don't do the stupid thing. Don't do the stupid thing when he's... Uh, waving his arms. Waving his arms yeah. with his head on Sammy's uh, chest. And then Nakamura... The, the camera's on Nakamura now. You can't see Owens. And Nakamura steps back leans back ready to do the come on thing and you can just hear Owens going don't do it don't do it and then you know Nakamura looks at him smiles and goes come on and you can like, Owens is just going oh come on <laughs> like that it really made me laugh there was a moment during this match as well and it, it kind of came at quite a poor time as well really which is a bit unfortunate but it was the first time that Kevin and Sammy, they kind of collided. Sammy mm. rolled out to the outside, and he wasn't then there for Owens to go and make the tag. So Owens then stormed over to the ring and got outside to argue with Sammy Zayn. At this point, I think there was a beach ball because the oh. crowd stopped reacting to Kevin and Sammy and just started reacting to the beach ball and the and security card taking away the beach ball, which came at a really poor time because it was that, that was the kind of the key to the match was mm. these two arguing, which I, I, felt, I felt kind of bad for the guys because they're there trying to tell this story. but The guys... What do you mean? Well, you know, they're, they're the gang, aren't they? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, the well, mates. Yeah, the guys. I just felt sorry for the guys, you know. I banter. Wish, I wish they were our guys. Oh, totally. We just hang yeah. out with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Styles and Nakamura. Yeah, absolutely. We'd be a great bunch of pals, I think. Yeah, I reckon we'd, yeah, yeah, we'd get on that, with them. I think, and I think they'd enjoy our company, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'd be perfectly fine with us, like, ribbing them as well and, like, yeah. saying little, like, little nothing jokes. nothing nasty. Nothing nasty, obviously. No, no because they're good people and mm. we're good people. I think we'd be, I think we'd be great mates yeah. with them. Who else do you think you'd be friends with in WWE? Tori Wilson. Obviously. Um, and I've, I mean, Breezango. Yeah. The, but, like, they wouldn't be really close friends. They'd be, like, sort of friends of friends because mm -hmm. we'd be friends with... Owens AJ you know the main yeah, yeah. event of Smackdown <laughs> and but occasionally like their friends of Breezango would come and we'd always get on so well but they're so funny we couldn't hang out with them 24-7 no it's, it's almost too fun yeah. to be around what them. about you uh, Finn Balor because we both love Lego okay so we just sit there we'd have we would essentially we would start a Lego club mm. that like on, the, on our days off we get together and we would build some Lego together that, that's what we would do uh yeah, I, I mean, I don't know much about video games, so I feel like AJ Styles would just want to talk to me about video games. I would try, but the thing is, because AJ loves video games, I think I would try and actively get more into video games so that yeah, I could then have those conversations with him. Because then also, that gets you in with the new day, you get on up, up, down, mm. down. So I suppose. And then, Kenny Omega. Yeah, you see. Get him with the bullet. Club. That's how you get. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I think if you are to be a cool wrestler now, you have to be into video games. I might be all right mm. because I can just talk to them about like Mega Drive and SNES stuff. So I think that might that should cover me for a little while. But then they'll be like, "Oh, what do you think of Monster Hunter World?" And I'll be like, "Oh no, I don't know anything about it." I've got Max Payne. I think I can. <laughs> I, I can do Max Payne pretty yeah. well and Zelda Ocarina of Time. Oh, nice. And then sort of where my obsessions stop. <laughs> But I, I thought of one as we were talking. Daniel Bryan, surely, is well, the yeah. gold standard of nice person. Nice person, yeah. I so, I, I mean, what's cooler than two guys fantasy booking friendships <laughs> with, with uh, wrestlers? I was about to say, I wonder who I would start a D&D &D group with. Like, which wrestlers play Dungeons and Dragons? I bet Becky Lynch is fun. I bet you Becky Lynch Becky plays D&D &D as Bailey, well. Becky Lynch, Bailey, be good. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, there well, we go. Well, anyway, should we talk Ron Strowman! <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. he looks re he's really fun in real life. Yeah, he'd be brilliant. Nia Jax. He'd be brilliant at D&D &D as well, Braun. Especially if you got him to be like Dungeon Master mm. so he can just do all the voices and stuff. He'd the table all the time. He wouldn't be any good. Anyway, so, should we, yes, should we talk uh, about this match? Zayn and KO 
uh, bickered and then uh, Zane walked out. There was a moment where Owens, despite having a two-on-one disadvantage... Was handedly winning. Like, had a really good comeback. And I was like, oh, man, this is like... This is how Owens should be presented more, that he is a real, a, a good, legit prize fighter and mm-hmm. can turn it on when needed. Uh, but, yep, of course, the numbers game was too much. And Sammy, actually, Sam won. actually came back. Oh, yeah, to break up that pin. He's, to break up a pin. And then they had, and I really like this because it's, it's a different way of kind of telling that story. Sammy then got back onto the apron to be like, fine, I'll be in this match. But then they just argued over who should be in the match. They were mm. constantly like, tag me. No, I've got this. And Owens was just like, tag me. So he would tag himself. Like Owens would uh, Zane would tag himself out. Owens would go and do something, and then Zane would be like, "No, tag me now." And then they would just start like hitting each other very hard with the tags. And then eventually, Sammy walked out for a second time. That's when AJ got the hot tag. Kinshasa and AJ and Nakamura win. And mm-hmm. then you had Sammy backstage watching the monitor, almost like a human, and uh, then cut the impassioned promo to Renee that we spoke about earlier. Really good promo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Renee. So, is this the end of KO and Sammy? Yeah. Walk away. Fade away. <laughs> uh, another thing, no Cammy on this show. No so Cammy on this nice show. That that's no Randy. Um, and, interestingly, no Dolph. Mm. Dolph made his oh, big yeah. comeback at the Rumble. Oh, yeah. And he just was nowhere. And they didn't even mention him on commentary. Whoa. I wonder if it's something they're going to pretend it didn't happen. Why like, not? in storyline, they're just going to pretend that, yeah, Dolph didn't come back. No Rollins or Jordan on Raw, either. No, but I kind of expected that, because Jordan's out mm. injured. And I suppose if you're going to bring back Rollins, you need <coughs> two of them there. And, um, yeah, I was actually surprised we didn't get the automatic rematch clause, though. Mm. Good episode. I thought it was a, a strong strong episode. Obviously, last week we had the Raw 25 and SmackDown review split into different mm. podcasts. It was good to get back into the old format this week and just... Talk about both shows. I thought it was missing something. <gasps> what do you think it was missing? Sound effects of stuff we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, usually that would be the realm of radio. Uh, you know, annoying radio where they... Yep. And put in a lot of jingles like that show, The Douche, in, in uh, Parks, Parks and Recreation. Yep. But now that's just... That's, that's a TV thing now as well. That's a Smackdown Live thing. It's... <laughs> Are you trying to say that SmackDown is a show for douchebags? I'm saying it is a show for now, douchebags. Now visually catering for idiots. <laughs> they're, Not trying douchebags. To, they're trying to appeal to is it Gen Z? Is that the generation after us? Uh no, that would be the zombie apocalypse. Mm. Uh I don't know what no millen- no, no we're, no, we're millennials, jeez. Makes us sound younger than we are, <laughs> doesn't it? Well, that's because pe- the media have created. Mm. They're using that term to describe the generation that is after us. Yeah. They're not talking about us when they're talking about millennials. Like those articles where, like, millennials millennials have discovered friends on Netflix and are appalled. And I was like, idiots! Millenn- millennials watched Net- uh, Friends when it was on Channel Four. I, I'm, I've been watching a lot of Friends since it's come on UK Netflix, and might I say. It is so okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Like, which, series are, which series are you watching? Just all of them, because that's what happens. If uh, I want to read, and I'm saying, how, how about we have some no TV time at the moment? I just hear, don't be there, there for you. And then that comes on. You know, because I, I prefer the TV to be off most of the night. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> because Friends is available now 24 7. Uh, but no, the uh, yeah, it's, it is. If you're offended by Friends. <laughs> There's, there's no help in you. Like, you're going to get offended by everything. 
we are currently um, speeding through uh, the office, the US office, mm. because uh, some friends of ours like love it. A lot of people Absolutely really like it. Absolutely, like they are just they, every time they talk about, it, it's like, oh my god, it's, the, it's like the best sitcom ever. It's just, it's absolutely brilliant. And because all six of us are big fans of Parks and Recreation, they're like, mm. oh, if you like Parks, like this is better than Parks and Recreation. You'll absolutely love it. Which kind of put me on a bit of a back foot because I was like, well, let's steady on. That's not. That's Instant not, classic. Yeah, best the, match of all exactly, time. Yeah, it's yeah. the Michael Cole uh, scenario. And I will say that we've got up now to season five. It's finally found its feet. And wow. it's, it's now starting to be quite enjoyable. Season five. There, Those are long seasons as well. There were, you know, I would say there was a laugh every three episodes, um, like in between in seasons three and four. Season, I mean, we had to skip season one because it was utterly unwatchable. Mm. Um, because they, they just do the UK one, but with the American characters. And it is dreadfully unwatchable. Mm. Um, we, I couldn't even finish the first episode. I hated the UK office anyway, but I, I couldn't abide any more of it. So we skipped the first season. Got to the second season when they started to do their own stuff, and that was that was broadly okay. Then the third season was mostly fine. Fourth season was I was like, oh, there's starting to be a little glimmers of things here. Now it's like there's a laugh every two episodes. Hey, hey. But now season five, I'd say there's a good three laughs per episode. Hmm. I that, I mean I I strive for this this podcast and show to have you know a, a laugh a week yes so yeah. that's that's about every three episodes yeah maybe so maybe yeah so that okay there you go itunes reviews just as good as the u.s office shall i uh shall i tell my anecdote but now it's time to hear this anecdote that you have been teasing me all day with well you know it's a bit of a weird one to tease because it's not exactly funny it's uh it's awkward and uh you know it's actually quite horrific, like genuinely horrific and horrible. Wow. So I will uh, advise, you know, this is a sort of a disclaimer. This is something that happened to me in real life yesterday, yesterday afternoon. And it is quite awful. So uh, not to me, but to, to you know, become clear. So if I say anything with humour or, or just like, that is my own awkwardness. I am not undermining the severity of the situation. Good lord! This, I mean, this is—I've yeah. never heard you have an anecdote with a disclaimer. Yeah, right. Uh, so uh, I joined a new gym. My gym subscription allows me to add various branches of this particular chain I, I use, and I thought, yeah, I'll use the one that's ten minutes drive from the studio. Makes more sense than doing a a longer trip to go to one near me and then go home easy and it's been working out great i've been three times in the last week which my gym use has shot up through the roof i'm getting through that january bump of yeah it was new year's resolution and now i'm bored but actually i'm powering through with this new hack so, yeah breaking through the glass ceiling and uh it's, it's not it's quite a rough area mm-hmm. it's quite a rough area but i don't mind that i used to go to muscle works which was just gridiron and sweat that sounds awful so uh it was all good and this is the third time i had been to this gym and i do a 5k on the treadmill I'm on the treadmill for about half an hour the treadmills are you know along a wall and then you walk like 10 seconds and you're in the free weights area so then i went to the free weights area and i'm ashamed to say i only did 10 minutes of real work mm-hmm. just did some very half-assed deadlifts and so in that 10 minutes i was like oh I need to get back and post the news now, or the raw review uh, was tomorrow, yesterday, uh, which is why it went up late because uh, I did this on the way home after filming the videos. And I walked back, and you so you have to walk back 
uh, past the changing rooms, which are opposite the treadmills, just trying to give you some spatial uh, awareness. And then you go down two flights of stairs and then there's another layer of gym, like a two floor gym, and then you walk out and then there's the car park. And uh, I'm walking along and there is this red viscous liquid <gasps> everywhere. Oh, what? Every Whoa. I'm not kidding. Everywhere. And you know, uh, I've since, I've told my lady partner this and she said, well, this is usually a psychological trick your brain plays when you see blood. You think there's a lot more blood than there actually is. I was like, yeah, I think this one's warranted. This was a lot of blood. And it was going from the treadmill area. It went and, and they were like uh, large, large blobs. Uh, like, like, you know, you could see a trail and it was a very thick trail. And then at the at the uh, men's changing room door, there was blood all up, not all up that, but, you know, it was down one side. And then it sort of backtracked itself, went past the lockers where I was going to, and then down the two flights of stairs. And I was like, that looks like blood. And I look around, I'm like, I can't be blood. It's freaking everywhere. Like, why isn't anyone reacting to this? It's of someone's shaken a protein shake, like a raspberry or strawberry protein shake, and it's gone everywhere. Are there other people in the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But it's not busy because it's the afternoon, but yeah. there are other people there. And I go to the lockers, I'm getting my stuff out, and I'm looking around like, what's going on here? And a few other people are starting to go, what's all this? And, you know, one person will walk through, realise they've stepped in it, and go, oh, what the F? Mm. And uh, I'm just looking around. And then this, this gym guy who works there, has got these plastic gloves, like referee gloves, when someone gets cut open in a wrestling match, and he walks over with a, someone, like someone I assume who's gone down to get him. They go over to the treadmills, they walk back. This this kid who works there is like you know nineteen, he doesn't know what's going on, and I said to him, "What's what's gone on here?" As he walked back, and he just stopped and talked to me and went, "There's been a stabbing." Whoa! And I went, "No, there hasn't." You're, you're having me on because he looked like he was smiling but I just think that was you know sometimes people mm. react to stuff strangely and he says no no um, from, from what someone just told me a man was on the treadmill the treadmill you know the, the row of eight treadmills that I was on just now uh, someone walked in stabbed him in the neck whoa and he swore then yeah. whoa and that's that's you know but that you know that could be Chinese whispers I don't know what that's just what he told me and you know, you sort of put the various bits together, Sherlock style or fashion police style. You know, this guy must have been there, tried to go to the, the changing rooms and then he just walks out. And you can see this big, like, you know. Well, the guy got stabbed just walked out. Yes. So no. I imagine if this was a gang related thing, that's what you would do. You, you you would go home, I suppose, rather than or like try and get to a safe space. But then try and get help. I don't know. Like, do, you know so, like, you do, do you want the police involved? Well, I don't know. But it, that's that's if it's a gang thing. Like I'm just thinking, if I get stabbed in the neck, the first thing I'm not thinking is like I need to go home. The first thing I'm like is like I need to find a member of staff mm, yeah. and with a telephone. Yeah, but if you're, I don't know if you know, you've got a hit out on you. I don't know how gang culture works, or if this was even a gang culture related thing. But it seems like something happened where blood was splattered everywhere that's the only thing i did know and uh I, i'm sort of this this couple were next to me and we're like sort of going back and forth and, and the guy's like yeah this is uh that's definitely blood and i was like i was having a really good time here i only joined like last week and he went you're gonna be the first they come after because you know they 
you join a gym and then people are getting stabbed. I was like, God damn, you're right. Yeah. So we walked downstairs uh, and- Were you know, and this couple? Me and this couple, because like everyone's really confused and just, because it literally just happened. Yeah. And uh, there's, but no one saw it happen. They just saw the aftermath apart from whatever the person told them. And it's all down the steps, up the walls of the, you, you, it's like, Splattered. I don't want to say it's like covered like a, a big paintbrush, but uh, it's, it's splattered. And you go down there and down the two uh, flights, and then you get to the the exit, which is this. You enter your code. It lets you into a little booth, and then the other booth opens, so you, only members can come in. Mm-hmm. And there's just a semi semicircle of about eight gym users there, and two gym staff, like just talking, like what's happening. Yeah, we've you know called the police. Don't really know what to do. We're not. Don't really have a plan for this. And I walk up to it with the couple, and you know, just asking, and it's, there's blood on the floor, and you're like, oh god, and like you know, you think, well, how did the person with the knife get in here? Surely there's the code thing. And in all this, I go to leave, and the door gets stuck. Of course it does. So there's a bit of a a, hu- a huff about how I can get out now that I've entered my code. <laughs> And the guy of the couple in all of these places just says, you're Ollie Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is not a common occurrence. I don't get recognised. You know, unless we're at a wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. We don't get recognised down in the public. It's very, very rare. No. And, uh, yeah, this this guy, it's like, oh, yeah, love, love the channel. As we're like blood surrounding us, yeah, yeah. Watch wrestling talk every oh day. I was like, God. oh, thank you very thank much. You very much thank you. Yeah. What a what a strange time to meet. <laughs> Under incredible circumstances, mm. blimey. So yeah, that was my story. That walked out. I got an email. Uh, yeah, the gym has been closed for fur- until further notice. Oh, and then, but it was reopened this morning. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, man. Are, are you, when are you going next? Probably Friday. So are you going to find like an outcome? Like you're going to ask someone? Know. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask around. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I only just joined there, but because I'll, I'll people will want to know the updates yeah, to their story geez, when yeah. we come back on. I know because we're recording tomorrow, yeah, so, so it'll we, be on Monday. It'll be on Monday's episode. So that is my anecdote. Like, yeah, you see why I was a bit like. This oh, is just a weird story. Weird story, but there's an amazing punchline to it, though. Yeah, <laughs> of all the of all the times. <laughs> So let's uh, do some iTunes reviews to close off the show. First up, from the excellently named Dick Wiggler, perfect 10, and then a praise emoji. Um, Five stars? My favourite podcast for everything, for everything, from a jog with my doggo, Elwood. Big shout out to Elwood the dog. To popping on in the background and playing yes. some WCW NWO, NWO Revenge. Revenge. Excellent choice. Keep it up, lads. Too, too sweet. Hashtag too swaft. Can we say that anymore? Mm-hmm. Hashtag another hashtag we can't say. <laughs> hashtag cheap heat for a cheap pop. That's why I use the former hashtag. Excellent. Right. Lovely stuff. You know who you are, Dick Wiggler. <laughs> and Elion writes, Ollie and Luke are the two redacted swaftest dudes I know. Well, you can't say redacted and then say I the know, word. but then it sounds like we're redacting something more sinister mm. 
Uh, I'm pretty new to podcasts, but as soon as that's probably why they like us so much. <laughs> <laughs> Once they actually discover proper podcasts, yeah, yeah. they're like, "What are these two doofuses doing?" Just wait, you'll you know you'll come across hardcore histories <laughs> and this American life. And you're like, oh, this is the proper podcast. This is what they actually sound like. Uh, but as soon as I learned about this one, I was sold. Their opinions aren't always the same as mine, but I can s- always see their point of view. Great variety of topics, with my favourites being the fantasy booking warfare's keep up the awesome job hashtag to redacted thank you very much elion thank you elion uh yeah well we will see you on saturday yes saturday, saturday. A, a news episode yeah it'll have to be there's not much after like loads of royal rumble stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well we'll uh, do some news over the weekend but uh, we will see you then love you bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.